so many memories uh, in this space for me. My confirmation, my sister's weddings, my nieces and nephews baptism, mom and dad's funerals, carrying the processional cross down the aisle when I was in high school, playing in the handbell choir, so many things. Uh, St. John's is such an important part of our family's life and I think probably yours as well. So I give thanks to God for this place and for the people who have made this the congregation that I call home. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. And then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Some years ago, the Boston Globe newspaper carried a story about an engaged couple who planned their wedding at a swanky downtown restaurant. They made a down payment of $30,000 to reserve the best flowers, the finest wines, the most expensive foods for the hundreds of guests who were to come. But the week before the wedding, the groom got cold feet and pulled out of the wedding. And between crying spells, the jilted bride went to the restaurant to cancel the reservation. I'm sorry, they told her, but you have two choices. One, you can go ahead with the party and just use your $30,000 down payment and we'll do a party for that. Or you can cancel and you don't get any of your money back. So she decided to go ahead with the party. And she sent a blanket email to all of the previously invited guests telling them, don't come, the wedding is off. And then she sent another open invitation to a nursing home and to local homeless shelters, inviting everyone to come. She changed the menu to boneless chicken in honor of the groom, she said. And that Friday evening, bag ladies and street drunks and wheelchair-bound dined on chicken cordon bleu, sipped expensive champagne, and danced into the wee hours of the morning. Freely and unconditionally, 
the way that God loves me and loves you and loves all of us, prepares an undeserved banquet of grace for us. So the party is prepared, Jesus says. It's just a matter of who's going to snub the king and not come, who will honor him, not just by joining in the party in joyful celebration, but also by doing so appropriately. Such a strange gospel reading. It's the regularly assigned one for the day, but today's consecration Sunday at St. John's, my home congregation. And though this year we're not going to be able to gather for our celebratory breakfast, the meal, which is a huge part of our gathering normally on Consecration Sunday. All of you are nevertheless invited to God's lavish feast of blessing that we enjoy in our personal lives as a nation. And seriously, people, as this congregation with so many powerful ministries, past, present, and yes, future, And though we undoubtedly enjoy and treasure those ministries of St. John's, those very ministries are not ultimately about our own personal gratification, are they? We know that in our head. They are for the sake of the gospel, which always is for the sake of the world that, that God so loves. It's not simply a matter of checking, yes, I want to join St. John's on an RSVP and joining. Or it's not even a matter about just showing up. As the parable reminds us, we are called to decide what sort of kingdom party people we will be. Whether we'll wear our Sunday best and share our Sunday best or just live in response to the gospel generosity toward us in nonchalant and noncommittal and ho-hum sorts of ways. Having grown up here, I have begun to realize throughout my own ministry experiences how honestly spoiled I was in church life because I actually look forward to coming to church. This was the place to be when I was a child and a teenager And I am so very grateful for all that St. John's had and has to offer. Again, it was only later that I began to realize that and appreciate how much we stand on the shoulders and take for granted those giants of the faith gone before us. Some of them, uh, you know, two and a half centuries and more ago, whose vision for ministry in this place, the Lutheran witness of the gospel was so very strong. People more recently, like my mom and dad, or yours. People who sacrificed and sacrificed now so very much so that St. John's, when we gather for worship, in our music, in our serving in the larger community, in faith formation, in witness, in youth programs, in genuine caring, and yes, even in our facilities, which we're looking to continue to upgrade and make uh, modern, not for us, but for the sake of the gospel as the place where the gospel resides and we experience it. All of those things here at St. John's have for years, centuries even, set the standard for church in Salisbury, in the North Carolina Synod, and even beyond. A standard of excellence, but not in the competitive sense of excellence better than, 
excellence in commitment and faithfulness, giving and sharing of our very best in response to the gospel. I am confident on a personal level that I would not have gone to seminary had it not been for this experience that I had growing up here at St. John's. Beginning in 1968, when we moved here after my second grade year, that summer Ruth Azell was my Sunday school teacher. And Miss Azell put her arms around me the second Sunday we were here and said, has anybody ever told you you'd make a fine little preacher someday? And she stuck with me all the way through, and not just Miss Azell, but all these other people who took all kinds of time and energy and effort, and without my even knowing about it, were also sacrificing financially and otherwise so that we could have and do the ministries and the things that we do at St. John's. St. John's gave me their best, gave the community their best. And now St. John's needs us, as it always has, the people of God who gather here. Many of those amazingly generous giants whose shoulders we stand on, I was talking about earlier, they're not with us anymore. They carried us in this ministry by releasing their stored servanthood, another name for which is money. That's all money is. It's our servanthood in storage because our calling as Christian people is to be servants of the gospel. Money's not worth anything except that for which we can exchange it. And so when we release it, when we manage it for the things that we value the most, it's what we do all the time, all of us. It's just a matter of how we do that. And will we do it for the sake of the gospel, the things that we treasure the most? Again, my parents were such an example to us, their children, about generosity and sharing and setting a place at the banquet table, the party, for you and for me. And the daunting thing, really, that I'm beginning to realize and own is now I'm that generation. We're that generation whose turn it is to step up realizing that any church, any congregation, the gospel itself is always only just one generation away from extinction. But those giants and we see to it that the church thrives and flourishes for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the world. So let me lighten it up and give you a little bit of an object lesson. People always like the children's message the best. So if not overindulged, wine, right, is a very good thing. It's, it's a biblical symbol of abundance and, and blessing and celebration. Jesus turns water into wine. But, you know, getting to it with this cork that's so stubborn can be tedious and, and painstaking. No matter how fancy of a little gadget you might buy, this cork requires extraction. And extraction, generally speaking, is not a happy word. It's something we don't like to imagine having to do toward others, and it's something we certainly don't like the idea of someone doing to us. In response to the king's invitation to the party, I fear I'm often too much like a fine wine with a tight and pesky cork, only grudgingly sharing gifts. On the other hand, champagne. 
It's a whole different matter, isn't it, if it weren't for these tiny little wires that we just loosen up a little bit and sometimes the cork will fly right off even when we're not careful. We gotta watch where we point that thing. Like the homeless at that Boston party, like Paul's advice to the Philippians to rejoice in the Lord always. We're called to be less careful and retentive and more overflowing and effervescing with the Spirit of God infused in our baptism. So overflowing that it's all that we can do to keep from bubbling over with the precious gifts God has entrusted to us for the sake of the church and the sake of the world. No more extraction, but, but management and care in releasing it all, including our own stored servanthood, our money that translates into ministry. That's all. And it can't wait to get out and be shared because that's how we were made and what we are called and commissioned to be about for all God's precious children to be able to share in the life of the party. The kingdom of heaven is like that, Jesus says. We are invited to the party. Consecration Sunday is yet another opportunity to ponder among many and daily as we remember our baptism, how will we respond? Will we persist in our stubborn quirkiness or rejoicing in the Lord always, will we be more like champagne in the locker room of the World Series champs, spewing forth everywhere and indiscriminately? Painful, resistant extraction or joyful effervescence. Please don't make me get my corkscrew. Amen. <laughs>